Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. All right, let's go to the Word together this morning. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9. You've heard this all the way through this phenomenal series. I think it's phenomenal. Hope it is for you. It's on called and chosen. This is part 15. Unbelievable. Longest series I've ever done. Part 15. Tonight is part 16 on Detours and Destiny. Next Sunday morning will be part 17. Next Sunday night, part 18. The next one after that, well, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, half of me likes even numbers and the other half of me goes, oh, let's end it on a number. But anyway, we'll just keep going while the Holy Spirit keeps speaking. That's what I think. 2 Timothy 1.9 says about God that He has saved us and called us with a holy calling. That's you, that's me, every single one of us, not according to our works. And all the believers said, thank God for that. Not according to our works, but according to His purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. We are all called, we are all chosen, but how we serve God in that call is up to us. Let me tell you right at the start, by the way, the good news for those of you at Metro Church Online, the notes are there. And so if you want the notes of this morning's message, they're all there for you. Whether the video is yet or not, I don't know. If you're in the building and you would like the physical notes of what's online, our team, this will be the last Sunday I'm going to announce it. They'll just be available every week. But if you'd like them and you didn't know you could have them, give me a little wave of the hand because some of our team, must look at these people right down the front. Look at all the people everywhere go, I want the notes. I want the notes. I might have to start autographing them. That'll make them worth twice as much. There you go. Some down the front here too, please. Uh, I keep going to call him Sub. It's Darren Sabritsky, Principal Dealer of Mid, Midway Ford. Midway Ford. Isn't it Midway? Because right, I, always, I always get it wrong. So if you're looking for a Ford motor vehicle, he's definitely the guy to go see, for sure. Without a doubt, nothing like getting a plug. See, if you're a part of the host team, I'll plug your business. There's Sven Nordholm. I'm definitely going to plug engineering at Curtin University. Uh, Sven is the professor of engineering there. And he posted online this week a whole lot of things and made some cryptic comment about uh, it's like riding a bike you never forget. But it looked like graffiti to me. I couldn't understand any of it. So now you've got the notes, we can get into this. We are all called, we are all chosen, but how we serve is actually up to us. I get to choose that. I'm not frightened by how much God does. I'm frightened most of the time by how much he, he leaves in my court. I'm amazed how much latitude God gives me in my life to how I live this thing called the Christian life. There is nothing about it that says it's rigid. You've got to fit in here. He allows me to choose. Luke 15 is one of the parables of Jesus and it's probably one of the most famous stories of the Bible right up there with David and Goliath. It's the story of two sons with two very different mentalities. We're going to read the first son here, verse 11. 
Then he, that's Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood and not many days after. This kid could hardly wait to get out of there. He gathered it all together and he journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. He was a party animal. But when he spent everything, there arose a severe famine in that land. He began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. A good Jewish boy who'd never eaten pork and never touched a pig. Now the only job he can get is giving waste stuff to pigs. And he would really, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the pigs had. Can you imagine fighting a pig for your food? And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I'm perishing with hunger. He said this, he said, I will arise and go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. I want you to imagine with me for a minute that you're that prodigal. You're in that far off country, foreign country, and you're completely broke. The only job you can get is feeding the pigs. And you say, you know what? I can't stay here in this place. I, uh, this is useless. This is a dead-end job. It's never going to lead anywhere. I'm going to move on. Well, let me ask you the question. Where would be the last place in the world you'd want to go? I'm pretty sure that all of us would say the last place you'd want to go is back to the scene of your greatest disappointment. You would remember the last conversation you had with Dad. Dad, I wish you were dead. Because that's what he was saying. In that culture, to try and get your inheritance before your father had perished was as good as saying to his face, actually, I wish you were dead so I could get it already. And so this boy would remember that conversation. It says not many days after that, he gets all the stuff he wants to take. So he gets his passport and he gets his smartphone and he gets his visa and he gets his photos and he gets that stuff and he packs it all into his backpack and off he goes on this big adventure, his big gap year, off he heads off and he can remember the look on the father's face as the boy farewell his dad. I don't even know, I imagine he didn't say to dad, I'll miss you, I'll write. He just simply takes off and goes from where he is. And he, this, therefore, to me, would be the last place that this guy would want to go. It struck me a little while ago how, how incredible it is that in this story, the boy wants to go home. After everything that's happened, everybody there in the community, because you know the way it would go in a relatively small place or even in a large one, People will ask you, how are your kids? What's happening with your family? I get asked all the time about my children. Where are they? What are they doing? And so I can imagine that everyone in the community knew that the boy had gone. I don't know how the father explained it. Well, you know, he's just young. Well, he just wanted to go. 
but he's gone. And in that community, and I've read uh, research by biblical scholars on this, the whole community would have risen up against the boy. And so when he decides to come home, he's not even coming home to one father or to one house, but he's coming back to a whole community that would have regarded him as no longer existing. Some of you come from cultures where that same spirit still or that same mindset is a part of the world. I know of cultures, I've been in conversation with people from cultures other than mine where I remember a father said to his adult son in front of me, if you don't go through with this, you are no longer my son. Said it in front of me. You are no longer my son. You will be dead to me, was his words. So I know that this thing we are reading about here is more than some kid just going, well, you know, oh, we might as well go home. I can bump down in the granny flat. It's a lot more than that. It's a boy saying, you know what? I'm willing to go back to the place of my, of my greatest failure I'm going to go back as humiliating as it is. I'm going to go back to where everyone knows what happened to me. Everyone knows what I did. This young man is wise because he chooses relationship over reputation. He chooses to have the people around about him more than he cares about what everyone will think of him. But I believe it's more than only humility it's wisdom. When you're walking through difficult seasons, wisdom says, don't run away from those who know you, run to them. I've observed over my 30-something years of leading this church that sometimes when someone has a broken relationship or some other failure, maybe a business or whatever, and I've had them say to me, Pastor, I'm leaving the church. And I say, why is that? And they go, everyone's talking about me. And I would say to them, well, actually, they're not. You know, A, not everyone knows you. And B, you're kind of not really the centre of everyone's attention. And they usually look at me. and But I say to them, look, when you're in a, a, a difficult space, don't run away from people that know you because you're embarrassed, run to the people that know you. Run to the people. Choose relationship every time over reputation in your life. Maybe there's something. I mean, people, there'd be some people, you know, who haven't come back to church because it's been so long since they came. I've had them say it to me. Well, you know, I haven't been. And when I walk in, I actually have had two people say this to me. If I come back, Everyone's going to say to me, where have you been? And I, and I look at them and I go, well, if they do, they're only going to ask you once. We don't get bright, shining lights. We don't have spiritual police. Good cop, bad cop. Where you been? Yeah, really? Got proof? The reality is that you're welcome I don't care how long you've been away. What I care about is would you make uh, the choice to put relationship over reputation? Make sure that you stay where God has put you 
and allow him to build that kind of relationship in life. It takes courage to do it. I know it does. It definitely takes courage. And I just think that every one of us needs to make sure that it's there. And by the way, I've just got a message here saying, we're back online. Thank you to all the tech guys. Well done. You're a champion. A uh, bunch of people, thank you so much. So for those of you that missed the first part of this, catch it up later. Firstly, he chooses relationship over reputation. Secondly, he chooses relationship over role. Verse 19 says he comes back and he says, make me like one of your hired servants. Kenneth Bailey was a famed biblical scholar who lived in the Middle East for uh, over 20 years, spoke every one of the major language groups, uh, Arabic and Aramaic and Hebrew, everything back there in those lands. And I remember reading his book called Through Peasant Eyes. It's a great read. I don't know if it's still in print. I've still got a copy of it. Wonderful book. And he goes into the parables of Luke. And he talks in depth about the cultural background of them. And Kenneth Bailey says this, that in, in the households of that day, there were five levels of servanthood. There was the servant who had his ear pierced up against the door. The one who became surrogate family. The one who said, you know what, I know I'm an employee, but I love this so much, I want to stay here forever. And he was marked by getting his ear. We used to sing a song, put my ear up to the door. I don't want to live here anymore. Do you remember that song? Make me a love slave. No one remembers that song? None of you? It's time to bring it back as a new song. Anybody here remember that song? Make me a love slave. I'll have to get it wrong because I just changed key twice and definitely didn't sing it right. Go look it up. It'll be on YouTube. Make me a love slave. No, no, that might take you to some dodgy places, so you better not have that. Anyway, that was the top one. That was the, uh, that was the highest level of servanthood. But the bottom one, well, it's the one that the word here the boy uses. It's the lowest of the low. When I was at university for that brief period, uh, I, was, I got a job from a friend of mine said, come down to the wharves. You know, the wharf boats come down there, casual employment down there pays. It was huge amount of money for check. You know, I could earn as much in one day as I could earn in half a week uh, in any other kind of employment. And I remember going down there really early in the morning. We hitched to get there because there was no public transport at that hour of the morning. So we'd hitch rides. We'd turn up there ready to work. And then out would come the bosses and they'd look over the 30 or 40 or so guys and they're going to pick 10. Well, there was a whole bunch of days where I never got picked. So you just go home. On the days you got picked, you had to have a union card. It cost your first day's wage to get your union ticket. I know why I'm telling you this story. Oh, yes, I do. I know why I'm telling you this story. I'm telling you this story because I was like that guy. I'm at the bottom of the pile. I turned up ready for work with no guarantee I'm even going to get a job. And I remember I went like two or three or four times before one day the bloke says, you. And I was like the skinniest little kid. So, you know, I worked alongside some big Maori and Samoan men 
who would pick up 100-pound packs of meat and we were stacking containers with meat, packed meat, and they would throw them. And here's little old 90-pound weakling me picking it up and rolling it. up to the container and picking it up and putting it on the first bit and then picking it up and then asking one of the brothers, can you put that up there? <laughs> it's pretty pathetic, really, but, but it was a job. And this boy is saying to the father or saying to himself, I'm going to take that job. I'm willing to take that role. He'd rather be in the right place with the right people than anywhere else. Psalm 84 verse 10, listen to it out of the message version. One day spent in your house, this beautiful place of worship, beats thousands spent on Greek island beaches. Amen. How many people would like to be on a Greek island beach right now? Come on. Come on, it's warmer. <laughs> Sun. Oh. I'd rather scrub floors in the house of my God that it be honoured as a guest in the palace of sin. And so this young boy makes a decision that he's going to choose relationship over reputation and choose relationship over role. The oldest son, well, you know, if the parable was only about the grace of the father, then the story would end right there at verse 19. Jesus would have told that and we would all go away going, oh, isn't God nice? Isn't he kind? taking on this young guy back because Jesus said it's, this is the kingdom of heaven. And we all go, wow, isn't that lovely? But Jesus goes on and tells the story of the older son. I want to just finish by talking about him. Luke 15, verse 25. Now his older son, the father had two sons, remember. The prodigal's just come home smelling like a pig. He's dirty, he's lost everything. No more wallet, no more smartphone. He pawned them long ago. Now he just turned up smelling like the pig pen. And the boy, the oldest son, well, he wasn't there when the son came home. He wasn't looking for his brother to come back. Now the oldest son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, well, your brother has come home. And because he's received him safe and sound, your father's killed the fatted calf. But the eldest son is angry and would not go in. He's not going to go in there to that there. And uh, therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered, now watch this. He answered and said to his father, though these many years I've been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with this friend. Watch this here. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. He said to him, son, you're always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. I noticed that the brother he's already decided that there's no mercy for his brother. He's taken the community belief. He's adopted the culture of the day. And the culture of the day says, you are dead to me. So he won't even refer to him as my brother. But as soon as this son of yours comes home, 
You know, I've said it several times over the last year that the quality or the characteristic of God most lacking in our world right now is the characteristic of God's mercy. We're living in a world where people are at each other. We are dividing into camps that are for this and anti this. We've got opinions flying all around the universe. And whilst I respect everyone's right to have opinions, can I urge you as Christians, can I say to you as believers, please, can we reflect God's characteristic of mercy? Can we make sure that in our heart we choose doing right over being right? In any relationship, whether it's a husband and a wife, whether it's a friendship relationship, there will be moments where we can choose a mercy over judgment, where we get to choose, as I've said, doing right over being right. Let me ask you a question this morning. Who is there in your world or in your workplace or at your school or at your uni? Who is there in your social group who needs your mercy right now? I guarantee that there will be somebody in your world who needs the mercy of God. Who is there that needs your mercy? See, one son comes back and serves out of relationship, the other out of obligation. One finds joy, the other finds only frustration and bitterness. I notice the party's going on, but the older son, he's not even going to enjoy any of it. You'd think that if you were envious of the fatted calf being killed, you'd want to go and eat some of it, wouldn't you? No, he's going to stay out there eating the dried husks. They've switched roles. There's no doubt that we are called and that we are chosen. I've got to remind myself from time to time that I'm called to a relationship with God. I'm not just here to serve God. That I'm not valued by God according to the task I fulfill. That God doesn't answer me because I've, you know, performed well. But he answers me because, you see, I'm his child. Amen. You're God's child. You're his son. You're his daughter. I said a couple of weeks ago, and I, it had been a revelation to me, I'd never seen it before, where there are two times where God spoke from heaven about Jesus. One is at his baptism before he's done any miracles, before he's performed any great deeds. And he says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Before he's done anything. How interesting that later after miracles, walking on water, feeding the 5,000, healing numerable cases. Oh, all kinds of stuff has been fixed. And then there Jesus is spoken again from heaven by God the Father. And he doesn't say, this is my beloved son and now I'm really pleased. This is my beloved son and my goodness, am I ecstatic about him. This is my beloved son and wow. He says exactly the same thing as he said about him before. This is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Oh, today I want, listen, this is a great serving church. There are people that are committed all over the place and not just on Sundays, by the way, but all week long. People are serving in ways that I don't know. 
People are serving in ways and with people, greeting them, sharing with them, loving them. And I, and I want to applaud everyone who serves, but I pray that as a church, our serving will be more like the first son and not like the second one. I pray that we will retain the joy of serving Jesus in our life. I pray that for every single one of us, we'll do it saying, God, I'm doing this because, who was it Pastor Bruce said this morning, because he first loved us. Amen. I think if you live like that and serve like that, then the joy of Jesus will remain in your heart. Amen. We're going to sing together in a minute. Team, I want to come. We're going to sing that song. And again, I'm always amazed how this happens because I don't choose the songs, vet the songs. No one gives me a list of the songs and says, what do you think? Is that okay? I see the run sheet. I see what's coming up. But to be really honest, half the time I see the title and I've got to ask someone to sing me the song because I can't remember which one it is. So when Ruby puts on the list weeks ago, I imagine it would have been Ruby wherever you are, and puts on the list this song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'd forgotten that the next part of this song says, because I'm a child of God. Amen. And I'm going to invite you in a minute to stand with us in a minute. We're going to sing together this song again. And I want you to hear the Heavenly Father, because I want every one of you, whatever it is that you do to serve God, whatever it is, whether you're known or unknown, whether you think you are important or whether you think you're not, I want you to hear the voice of God saying to you today, this is my child. I used to say to my mum, who had seven kids, hoping that she'd pick me. Mum, I'd come home and I'd tell her something that I'd done. She'd say, that's great. And I wanted her to say that I was her favourite. Sometimes I'd say, Mum, who's your favourite? Usually after I'd just done a job for her. Who's your favourite, Mum? If somebody gave praise to one of her children in front of her, I never ever heard my mum say, oh yeah, they're amazing. My mum always said exactly the same thing. Every single time. She'd say, I'm proud of all of my children. I believe that. I want you to know today, folks, that the Heavenly Father is proud of all of His children. Amen. He's proud of you. He's proud of you. I believe that there are people and you're a part of this service and no one's ever said to you that they're proud of you. I believe there are people in this service no one's ever said it. Your mum never said it. Your dad never said it. Your teachers never said it. You weren't that good maybe in so many areas and all they kept pointing out to you was where you didn't measure up. This morning I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to every one of God's children, God's proud of you. Well done. Well done. Some of you don't even know what it is to be a child of God. Or maybe you're like some of those people that I spoke about earlier on. You might have been so long since you've been a part of church that you're embarrassed. I don't want anyone to know. I want to come back. I've had people say to me, 
I don't want to come back and have everyone look at me and I say, no one will look at you, really? Is only a few people know you? You're welcome. Choose relationship over reputation. If you've never started a walk with God, I do not know of anything on the planet. Fame will be fleeting for every single person. Ron and I laugh sometimes because somebody will be on some talk show or whatever and we look at one another and go, who's that? Never heard of them. Oh, they're famous in one spot. The most important thing I know is that you can say from your heart, I'm walking with Jesus. Jesus, I know you. You know me. But as you see, coming to Christ is not just that I come and say, Lord, here am I and I'm all a mess. I want you to fix me. It's that he stands there like the Father does with his arms open wide. The first thing that he gives to the boy is not a job but a kiss. He kisses a boy whose last point of contact was pigs. And the Jewish father gives this boy a kiss and says, welcome home. What does the father want to give you today when you give him your yes? He wants to come and say, I receive you. Thank you for coming home. Some of you maybe that have been away from God for a long time, and you might have a lot of reasons for that. Maybe somebody hurt you or somebody ignored you. Or I don't know what it could be. But would you choose relationship today? Relationship with God. If you're in the building, there's a lot of ways you can do this. You can go to the Connect Hub after the service. Somebody will be there to pray with you. You can simply text YES to 488 if you're on Metro Church Online, the yes button's there for you right now. Just tap on it. You can email us at yes.metrochurch.org.au. The next day after that, someone will send you, fits on one screen of the smartphone. I say this every time because there's always somebody new. Last week it was, well, there's always people new. And I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to think that the whole of the service is about you getting information. The point of the entire service is this moment. And the moment that will follow it, it's you saying yes to Christ. It's you saying, Jesus, I want you in my life. Would you give me a yes today? I pray you will. The other point of the service is that the people that have already said yes will say, God, I want to grow in you. I'm hearing you today. Too many Christians live trying to impress God. He was impressed with you when you were in the pig pen. He was impressed with you before you ever said anything. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for people today. Wherever they are, I don't know them all, Lord. They might be here in front of me in this building. Many are. They might be in another country, in another time zone. But today, Lord, there's many people that are saying, I'd like to know a Heavenly Father like that. God, would you help them today? Holy Spirit, just give them that little nudge. 
that little prompting that says it's for you, let them say their yes today, I pray in Jesus' name. I pray for people here, Lord, that have been away from you. Felt a bit embarrassed about coming back. But God, today they're going to say yes again to you. Yes, I want to follow Jesus. I pray for all those of us that are, have been here for ages. We serve you, Lord. Would you help us keep in our heart that we do it, Lord, because you're our Father and we're your children. Thank you for your well done. I'm pleased. I pray for people that need to hear that today. Would you put it in their life? We're called and we're chosen, Lord. We thank you for that. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, we're going to stand together and sing this song. Thank you, Dr. Ruby. Beautiful worship today. What a joy it is to be in the presence of God. What a joy it is to be able to say to Jesus, you saved me. Oh, what a joy. You saved me, Lord. You saved me, Jesus. You reached out and touched me. This never happened by accident. You never willed your way into the kingdom. You were wooed into the kingdom. Let's sing it. Come on. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Your love has called my name. And I've been born again into your family. Your blood flows through my veins. Sing it again from my mother's womb. You have chosen me. Your love has called my name. And I've been born again to your family. Your blood flows.
Father, we thank you this morning. I pray, God, that a revelation of our sonship and our daughtership, we're sons and daughters, not servants. We serve, but we serve as sons, we serve as daughters. Put that in our heart, Lord, and keep it there, I pray, in Jesus' name. Let us go into this week, Lord, with a joy, with a freedom, with a peace that declares we belong to you. We're your family. We thank you for that, Lord. Amen.